This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It is now my pleasure to introduce the moderator for panel discussion number two. Mark Thompson, political activist, New York City. Please welcome Mark. Good morning, NAACP. Good morning, NAACP. Since our founding a century ago, combating those who greeted us with nooses and blows in Megger's name, our resolve to fight injustice is one that ever and ever grows. Our ancestors in heaven left a charge to keep for us who remain on earth below. It's freedom fighting blood in our veins that ever flows. Any challenge you can muster, go ahead and throw. You can try as you might to buke us, scorn us, and cut us low. But you'll soon find out we're the NAACP, and we rise to fight as we always have. What do we say? Fired up? Fired up? Give yourselves a round of applause. We have an esteemed panel this morning. The topic is fractured states, the people versus, fractured, the people versus the states. I'm going to introduce our panelists. First of all, we welcome the co-founder and executive director of the African American Policy Forum. She's also a bicoastal professor of law at both UCLA and Columbia, pioneering scholar and writer on civil rights, critical race theory, black feminist legal theory, race racism, and the law. She was voted one of the 10 most important thinkers in the world by Prospect Magazine. And she received the 2021 Ruth Bader Ginsburg Lifetime Achievement Award by the Women's Section of the Association of American Law Schools. And most recently, she was named the recipient of the 2021 AALS Triennial Award for Lifetime Service to Legal Education 
into the legal profession. Please welcome Professor Kimberly Williams Crenshaw. Give her a big round of applause, if you would, please, as she comes. Next, she was the first woman to be elected as bishop in the history of the AME Church. She later served as president of the Council of Bishops and became the first woman to serve as the titular head of the AME Church. She currently is the interim president and General Secretary of the National Council of Churches of Christ in the USA. Please welcome our very own history maker, Bishop Vashti McKenzie. All right. Last but definitely not least, we first met her on Deaf Comedy Jam. We saw her in Beauty Shop. We've seen her in The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. She's an Air Force veteran, and she was president of Zeta Phi Beta. Some of y'all here, I see. Making her the first professional performer to be elected to the highest post of a National Panhellenic Council organization. We all know and love her every day now as the longest tenured host of the talk. Please welcome Cheryl Underwood. Let's give our panelists another round of applause. And I'm not only honored to be here at the NAACP, but honored to be here with all of these sheroes as well, amen? Fractured, the people versus the states. Obviously, Mr. Chairman, the NAACP is our oldest civil rights organization and one that has representation in every state and in many cities. We know that the fight is on. What we're seeing now is a rollback. The same thing we saw after Reconstruction, the reclamation, what Trump has wrought, what DeSantis is doing, and a lot of these fights in the states. So it's gonna be up to us on the local and state level to engage in these fights. One of the issues that has been most prominent, has gotten most attention in the past year, has been CRT. And now amplified on the state level, beginning with Florida and now spreading to other states to stop the teaching of black history, black studies, African-American history in our schools to our young people. We're going, we're going backwards. I want to begin with Professor Crenshaw. Talk to us a little bit about what this means and how far this sets us back. The assault on CRT, the assault on African-American studies. Thank you, thank you for the question. And I'm so excited to have this opportunity to talk about how the attack on black knowledge 
the attack on black history, the attack on black freedom struggle is an attack on us. Now, we might wonder how the attack on CRT turned into these new clarifications in Florida that seek to instruct our children that enslavement was actually a vocational program. It gave black people skills. That's supposed to be a clarification. What is it clarifying about enslavement to simply say, oh, well, by the way, they actually learned skills? That's basically an effort to say enslavement wasn't all that bad. It's an effort to say that at least enslavement was civilizing. It's an effort to say that that abomination has nothing really to do with inequality that we face today. So we have to understand that this attack on CRT, on the 1619 Project, has metastasized into attack on the entire story that we tell ourselves about enslavement, about segregation, and why it's important for our children to understand it today. Because remember, every fight about history is a, a fight about today. It's a fight about how we understand the conditions of our lives. It's a fight about understanding what the wealth gap comes from, the health gap comes from. None of these things are only about what has happened yesterday. It's what happened a long time ago that continues to shape us. So here's the bottom line. When they come after critical race theory, and the response is, oh, well, we don't teach that anyway. That's really not addressing the issue. The issue is what we should be teaching our children about the past. That's right. So if you, if you want to know what it's about, here's a, here's a quick test. Are we, are we critical race theorists in this room? So I'm going to ask everybody just, just to put up your hand for a moment. Everyone put up your hand. And I'm going to see who the critical race theory people are here. Okay, so um, you're in your business, you're at work, you come up with a great idea that solves a wonderful problem, um, and it's responded to with crickets. Nobody says anything. Then Karen or, or uh, Ken come okay. up with the same idea. All right, all right. The same idea. All right. And it's like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Uh-huh. Now. I want, to put, I want you to put your hand down uh -huh. if you think to yourself, oh, maybe I just uh, was muddled in my thinking. I didn't no. say it the right way. No. They didn't, they, they, it's, it's me, it's my problem. Put, 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 your, put, put your hand down, because you are not a critical race theorist. Okay. If you know that this is how implicit bias works at work. Yes. Keep your hand up. Yes. Because you're a critical race theorist. Yes. Let's say after George Floyd is killed, you sit down to give your child the talk. Mm -hmm. Put your hand down if you think that talk is about the birds and the bees. You are not a critical race theorist. All right. Keep your hand up if you know this is exactly what we have to tell our children so they have a chance of surviving encounters that they might have with the police because of who they are. Keep right. your hand up because you're right. probably a critical race theorist. Here's That's the last right. one. Let's say you own a home. Oh. You've invested $200,000 in that home to improve it. Mm -hmm. You get it appraised, mm. and it's appraised for less than you put in it. Uh. 
Then you get your white friend to come in. Say that. You take all your art off the wall. Uh-huh. You take the pictures of your family Talk off about the it. bureau. That's right. You take all your African textiles right. off the wall. That's then right. Then it gets appraised for $500,000 more. Talk about it. Now, if you think that was just a clerical error, put your hand down. Mm. You are not a critical race theorist. If you know this is exactly how black people have lost wealth generation after generation, That's right. and it shapes every aspect of our lives, That's from right. where we get to shop, from where we go for recreation, to That's what right. kind of education we can get, That's right. then you are a critical race theorist. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. There you go, right there. Go Drop ahead now. Go home. Go ahead. Now, now Bishop. Drop Bishop. Mike, go home. Go ahead. Now, Bishop, give us the spiritual. Give us the spiritual. Give well, us the spiritual. Pray for me professor. that I grow stronger with the Lord, because you picked some good names, Professor. Karen's. We know that, Karen. Um, Bishop, um, and this isn't an isolation. What's happening in Florida, Stop Woke, Assault on African American Studies, what Supreme Court just did in terms of affirmative action. That also, that's not an isolation. That impacts everything else that we're dealing with, including police violence and ongoing mass incarceration, doesn't it? What we fail to understand is that America has always had to have second class, bottom class citizenry, free labor or minimum labor paid so that they will do the jobs that they don't want to do. And so the country has been built on the backs of uh, enslaved Africans and others in the African diaspora. And now in the 21st century, America has to force to create a second-class citizenry who will do the work. And how do you do that? You impact the education system. To change a generation, you go after the children, change their minds, change their hearts, till they will turn on the parents who know what the deal is. And that's what happened in Florida. When they woke up and saw the children from Parkland schools and other children across the United States take to the streets to protest against their laws, their ideas, their mindset, their heart, they said, we're gonna have to change this. Because they became uncomfortable at the dinner table yes. answering questions they don't want to answer. That's right. So their children began to hold them accountable. What's more important, your gun or me? That's right. That's right. And they couldn't answer that question. That's right. So we have to change the education system because the classroom is absolutely the best place to teach social relationships to teach social justice. That's right. So in order to do that, then we have to say what you saw, you didn't see, what you heard, you didn't hear, right. and what happened did not really happen. That's right. That's right. You will hear what I want you to hear, you will say what I give you to say, and we will make pretend yes. what happened didn't happen. Right. So now we find ourselves in a position facing literary injustice, and I can't write what I want to write, right. I can't read what I want to read, and I can't learn what I need to learn, is creating a whole generation of ignorant people who one day will wake up and find the truth and will understand that they've been lied on. 
So what is happening now in literature, in journalism, starting journal in literature, is the same thing that has been happening for centuries in the life of faith, in spirituality. We, the Bible has been misappropriated and misinterpreted yes. for generations yes. to be used yes. to, put, uh, to put forward their political agenda That's right. and their idea to keep people in place. That's right. Period. Done. That's it. That's right. And so banning your book is just a start. Mm -hmm. We heard a message in Europe that there's a group in Europe who is now going through the Bible and they're taking out everything that they don't like. Wait, is this new? No, Thomas Jefferson put together his own Bible there it is. where he took out stuff he didn't like. Yeah. So this isn't new. It's just coming back in a mean and a faster way. And we who know better must not allow the atrocity to go unresponded to. When the name is called, then we must find a platform to shout it in, to shout it louder. Mm -hmm. When the atrocity happens, we must respond because we cannot wait for anyone to ride in on a black horse mm -hmm. and rescue us. They ain't coming. We must participate in our own rescue. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's another situation. I don't believe it's I think critical race theory is the buzzword. Really what they want to advance is white supremacy. That's what they want to advance. That's why they want to rewrite history. They want to hide their shame of the violation. And we, those that hold microphones and cameras, need to hold people accountable, especially those that assist in it. And I got a couple of names because we back there on the computer. You young people, y'all know how to find it on y'all gadget. Now, who is Francis Presley Rice and William B. Allen? Weren't they part of DeSantis's uh, a woke act or whatever and they kill me always wanting to holler about we don't want woke this we don't want that woke that how about we wake up and go to the polls in large enough numbers to vote people out of office with this foolishness that's why we here this weekend we could have been any place else but the mission starts now the movement starts now the fight for freedom starts now don't let having money and being comfortable and having a car stop you from fighting for freedom because you may have all of that and you will lose it all if you are not free amen amen um <laughs> thank you cheryl okay i'm sorry did i did i go too far with the black empowerment i'm no, sorry you're good. i mean i ain't even, got, I ain't even got to ask you no question you just right know. right i know this n double a this n double a cp n double a cp <laughs> i'm a life member Amen. paid my money early when i was just a struggling comedian okay i'm sorry you, I'm sorry, no, what are we good. talking about? That's what time are we marching? Are we marching from the convention center? Where are we going? I, I, we, we, well, I'll find out okay. what we're going to do. But, Professor, I, I think it's important. Could you give us a kind of a brief history lesson on what states' rights is and where that comes from and how Ronald Reagan brought it back to life when he announced his presidency in 1980 in Philadelphia, Mississippi, the only a city known for the killing of Schwerner Okay, but I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you, you got it. Look. Um, nothing is new about this moment. Those of us who know the history know that black folk have always had our literacy, our ability to read our experience, to share our experience, and to move on our experience, be framed as illegal 
a threat to the republic, a threat to the state's rights. This is the language that has come back. This is the frame that has come back. This is exactly the logic that allowed the South to say, I don't care what Brown versus Board of Education has to say about your constitutional right. You ain't going to no white school down here. This is where massive resistance came from in response to the Supreme Court basically saying that segregation violated our constitutional rights. What did the states in the South have to say about it? We do not care what the, what the Supreme Court says. It is our right, it is our right to advance our way of thinking. So basically when those folks said, your civil rights violate my civil rights, your demand to be served at a lunch counter violates my right as a business owner not to serve you. Those are the kinds of arguments that we're seeing coming back again. So when, when, when Florida and, and Texas and, and Georgia and Tennessee uh, pass these laws that say telling the story of our history violates the rights of white children's feelings, their feelings. When's the last time anybody cared about feelings when it was about us? Say that. When it's about our children. That's right. So this whole state's rights idea is basically a way to package a notion that whiteness, the values around white supremacy, the policies, the practices have to be protected and insulated against our demands. And you are absolutely right, Bishop, in saying that one of the things that feeds this was the shock of so many white parents after George Floyd's protest spread across the entire country. It was the largest mass movement in history largest mass movement and it was majority white people out there That's right. majority children and young people under 40 they were thinking wait something went wrong they are not on the right side of things they're supposed to be on this side they're not supposed to be on the side of justice they're not supposed to be putting their bodies on the line for uh, somebody like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor. They're not supposed to be asking us, where were we? Why aren't we there? So something must be wrong. What's wrong? It's these ideas that they've yes. been given. Yeah, sure. It's structural racism. Right. It's implicit bias. It's intersectionality. So we're going to fix the problem by taking these ideas out of the classroom, and we're going to use states' rights and parental rights as the cover. Yeah. So we can fight back against states' rights. We did it in the past. We knew that it wasn't about the states having a right to discriminate against us. We're American citizens. And so we have to take the same fire that we used to burn down the resistance to integration in the 50s and 60s and apply it right here, right now, because we're looking at the same politics, the same people, and the same ideas. Amen. I have Amen. a question. Will, will you think they will holler states' rights when we galvanize the vote to take over state assemblies? See, they're going to they gonna reverse it back on us. That's right. Because right now, 
um, if you are felon in some states, you don't have the right to vote, but you got somebody indicted, about to be indicted three times, can say they can run somewhere else. So we need to start speaking about these things and use the information back on them. Because every time they holler states' rights, it's as long as the state assembly is controlled by white supremacy. That's what this is truly all about. Amen. I think that uh, Professor Crenshaw is absolutely right. One of the things that we haven't done enough of is to show up. We need to show up. And we need to show up in places that we used to ignore. Yes. So we need to show up at the school board meeting. Yes. Yes. We need to show up at PTA. Yes. Right. We need to run for the school board. Yes. We need to be the president of the PTA. That's right. We need to have our neighbors and friends and everybody in this room. You, if you don't have a child in that school, you got a niece or nephew in that school, yes. you got a grandchild at that school, yes. you need to volunteer to read to the kindergarten students and have a presence in that school so they can see somebody with common sense show up uh, right. and paying attention to them. People, human nature, people are less than, uh, will resist some way of picking on students when they know that there's somebody watching out for them. Yes. That yes. On, you will come and sit in the back of the classroom while they're teaching. Mm -hmm. So we need to show up in these places. Yes. Even the dog catchers meeting, we need to show up. That's right. And we need to come, not only to show up, but we need to begin to develop a common agenda. There ought to be 10 right. things that the NAACP agrees on and the 10 things that the National Council of Negro Women and the 10 same yes. 10 things that the National Council of Churches agree yes. on That's and the right. same 10 things that the Southern Christian Leadership Council, right. the same 10 things. And so if we can agree on the same 10 things, that I say right. same 10 things, yes. if we can agree on the same 10, 10, 10 things, yeah. every time somebody puts a mic in your face, you're going to say them same 10, 10 things. things. That's right. Every That's convention, right. every yeah. conference, right. on the street corner, in the That's march, right. we are saying the same 10 things. That's right. Does it work? When I served in the state of Texas as a bishop in the state of Texas, I was amazed. I'm watching television. This person is running for dog catcher. They have one thing that they say, I'm running for dog catcher, I want you to vote for me and we're gonna stop Obama. <laughs> what do you have to do with your dog catcher's job in stopping Obama? That's right. Then here this other person is running for the court of clerks. I'm running for the court of clerks and I wanna, want you to vote for me because we're gonna stop Obama. Every, every candidate, Yes. In every piece of literature, on television, on radio, they said the same one thing and they won. Yes. What would happen to us if we put together our 10-point agenda That's and say right. the same thing all across the country? Yeah, absolutely. In the Episcopal Church, same thing. Catholic right. Church, same yeah. thing. That's right. Civil rights organization, That's same right. thing. Eat meat and greeting cup, same thing. That's the Divine right. Nine, the same That's thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then we need, in those same 10 things, we need to hit them in the court. We need to hit them in the pocket. Hit them in the court. Hit them in the pocket. Hit them at the polls. And then we need to talk about how is it that you can kidnap people that are coming from another country just to get their citizenship 
and then ship them somewhere else. And nobody disputes this. We are going to have to stand with all people. Black people have been in this fight. Now we need to stand with our brown brothers and sisters and stand with them in this fight. Because if they can turn us all against each other, we will never unify with each other to advance those 10 things. So that's important, but that's a heavy lift. How do we get to the place where we have that type of unity within one organization and then with all others? I'll ask, since you raised that, Bishop, how can we, we need don't that answer discipline. that. Somebody there, don't know There is enough sunshine for everybody to get credit. Yes. If we would, ju we just, everybody, want, I, my organization did this, my, we did this, we in charge of this, we, we got this campaign. If we understand that the issue is more important than the credit. Right. That's right. That's right. And at the end of the day, we're going to be sure that everybody gets to stand on stage and everybody can get the credit yeah. and everybody can get the applause. That's right. You understand? I mean, Jesus, when Jesus was tempted in the, in the, uh, in, in the desert, yeah. devil says, you want applause? I can give it to you. You want wealth? I can give it to you. Amen. You want credit? I can give it to you. Amen. All I need you to do is switch alliances. We got to stop switching alliances. There it is. There it is. That's right. Because we want the applause, we want the check, we want the credit. Yes. Right, right. That's now, right. there's money behind, well, no, 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 with the knowledge of the young people that understand the machinery so that we can advance the mission. Because how many of you young people got a phone on you right now? Raise your hand. Oh. You got a phone, you got an iPad, <laughs> you got social media. Let's make the fight for freedom go viral. Amen, amen. But I, I do wanna go there. Professor Crenshaw mentioned the George Floyd movement. It was huge. It was all over the world. White folks mm -hmm. in Europe were taking down colonizer statues. We ain't asked yes. to. They were just doing it organically. But that's the thing, too. All of our organizations, there was a lot of money that flowed in mm -hmm. after George Floyd. All of our organizations, unfortunately, sometimes have to compete for some of that fundraising money to keep the lights on and the doors open. So how do we, that's where the competition comes. How do we resolve that? Yeah, so I, I, I'm, let me try to transition from the gadgets to how do we win. One of the things that um, I think we need to figure out how to do is using technology that basically has been used to oppress us now. Algorithmic bias, for example. Yes. They, they tried to use an algorithm in my own school to give us access to the building. My picture came up with a 95% certainty that I was a felon and couldn't get into the school. This is what racism in algorithms and in, in, in virtual spaces will do. But 
our young people know how to fight this. Our young people know how to spread the message. That's why we lost Twitter, because it was too effective. It was like this generation's version of the drumming. They're talking too much to each other. They're spreading the message. We're understanding what the situation is doing. So one of the things that we've done at AAPF is use virtual space to break down the barriers of knowledge, to spread the message about what's actually happening. Right now, we have Critical Race Theory Summer School. It is free to anybody who can't pay. It is the effort to use this to try to circumvent the resource problem, to use what we have to reach out to as many people as possible. So if you want to continue this conversation, check out aapf.org. Recognize that we can support each other without having to elbow each other out of That's the way. Right. Let's use the resources at our disposal. A Zoom link can do wonders to spread to the message to everyone. And lastly, let's recognize one very very important thing. The foundations that give our organizations money have not always been on the right side of history. We cannot allow them to dictate what we can talk about, what we can read, what we can produce, what we can share, what we can teach, what we can learn. We have right. to recognize so we have our own agenda. When they support our agenda, that's great, but we can't truncate our agenda based on whether they're going to write the check. The first thing is to figure out what needs to be done. The second thing is to figure out where we get the resources to do it. And if it's not coming from foundations, it's not coming from corporate America, guess what? It's got to come from us. That's right. That's right. Sh Cheryl, don't yes. thank you. And we got to fund ourselves. Cheryl, you talk to regular everyday folk yes. every day. Yes. Are, what is your sense? Are people being swayed by this going backwards or are you coming across people, including white folk that are saying, this, this, this ain't right? What I see is and hear is that a lot of people go, well, what does that have to do with me? Or my voice can't do anything. See, what we've got to do is go back, and I know a lot of people don't like to hear me say this, we got to go back to the old way. Remember, Dick Gregory sacrificed his career where he was making tens of thousands of dollars back when $10,000 meant something. So we got to hold our entertainers accountable. If you're wearing $250,000 around your neck, but have never donated money to the NAACP, to the Urban League, you've never supported a candidate You've never invested in an HBCU. You've never put money into a uh, after-school program. We got to go back when the Black Panthers was doing breakfast programs with what little they had. We've got to go back into investing in our own. We got to go back into going into our churches and go, okay, is this where we meet? Is this where we march? And then we've got to go and get other people to be allies with us. It may say the NAACP, but that means all people. Go back and study the history of the NAACP. When they make it just about us, then other people can say, it's not about me. But one day it will be about you because they put the Supreme Court together now. And now women are saying, wait, I don't have control over my body? Well, then when are we going to get together as women, all races, all women raise their hand right now, all women. All women in this room, when are we going to meet 
When are we going to meet to come together? So in answer to your question, what am I hearing? We don't organize like we used to. We don't even have the control over our media. Radio station, black newspaper. You will hear 15 of the same songs over and over again, That's but right. will not hear what are we going to vote on. And there's no longer community service. They don't, some stations, black stations, don't even put church on on Sunday like they used to. So what are we going to be about? Are we going to be about finger popping and bebopping? Or are we truly going to be about being citizens of the greatest nation of the United States? And we have to fight for that. And the fight starts here. One, um, one of the things about states' rights, Bishop, and you mentioned reproductive rights. So that, that's in the states um, right now. And every state has different voting laws. Every state is coming up with different reproductive, denying women by autonomy laws, uh, voting rights, gun laws. Mm -hmm. That's part of the problem. That's part of the moving targets. So that we have to, but I would think that we still have the capacity. You mentioned all of our organizations. Every, all of our organizations has mechanisms within the, their home states to actually do that work. That's kind of what we have to be disciplined about, don't we? We have to come together and make a decision to do it. Through whatever, whatever, whatever your decision mechanism in whatever organization is, is that we need to come together and say, let's do it. Which means then we have to uh, agree and then stand by that, that agreement. But states' rights has always been on the table from the beginning with the Declaration of Independence, it took so long to sign because you had one group wanting one way. In the Civil War, when the Civil War broke out, it's issues of states' rights. And so here we are now. So how do you, def a part of defeating states' rights is, is understanding that we do need to have basic federal protection, basic national protection that states cannot touch because they cannot be trusted that's right. To take care of right. all of us. That's right. That's right. And until we care about all of us, then all of us are not safe. Fired up. Fired up. Fired up. Let's hear it for our panelists, Kimberly Crenshaw, Bishop Vashchild McKenzie, our sister Cheryl Underwood. Give them a big round of applause. Kimberly Crenshaw's book, Say Her Name. Be sure to get it. Be sure we're going to take a picture. And listen, it was Dr. Osajefo Kwame Nkrumah Jotaka who said, we will judge a nation's revolutionary awareness by the political maturity of its women. All right? So that's why these queens are here. That's why y'all are here. Let's keep up the fight, y'all. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.